0: All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another Welcome to the Day episode. I am your host, Jehans Managa, a.k.a. Canadian Rebel. With me today, I have a very important guest. But before we get into it, make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network so you can get content such as this. Uh, different athletes, former athletes representing their alma mater, just like I'm doing today. In the Jay with me today, he has coached at Wayne State, at North Dakota State, at Northern Iowa, and at Iowa State before becoming the coach of the Blue Jays. He was the Big East coach of the year in 2020. He is currently second in coaching wins with 249 wins and has 529 wins overall in his record. He he has recently led the Jays to a Sweet 16 berth. He is the pride of Cascade, Iowa. Coach Greg McDermott is in the building. Welcome to the Jay, brother.
1: It's good to be with you, Jay. Cascade Island. They don't get loved very often. That's awesome.
0: I, I have to give them a shout out because you're from there, so that means nothing but good things come out of there, right?
1: It's a good, it's a good little town.
0: <laughs> I feel like I just saw you like yesterday like because I was back in Omaha this summer finally after the pandemic. And I look at the calendar. It's already been two months. How have you been holding up?
1: Well, I'm doing better now that you have a job. I was worried about you there for a while. <laughs> Trying to keep keep you gainfully employed was uh, at the top of my list. So yeah. I'm glad you're doing well over there and uh, the team's doing good. It's uh, it's so much fun to follow your guys' progress.
0: For those of you who don't know, anytime I'm back in Omaha in the summertime, every time I see Coach Mack, which is essentially every day, he asks me if I have a job yet or not. So <laughs> this is him doing his regular <laughs> checkup live on air.
1: <laughs> I promised your mom that it, that you'd have a real life someday and, and get a job. So I'm glad that's working out.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that you're kind of pressed for time a little bit. You're in New York right now doing the Big East Media Day. Uh, how is
1: that going, first of all? Yeah, we just finished that this morning. Uh, I brought mm-hmm. Alex O'Connell and uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner with me. So we did the whole uh, song and dance over at the Garden this morning and uh, pop into all those rooms and talk to different media members. Uh they they picked us eighth, uh, so they maybe have under, uh, uh, maybe not given the Jays as much credit as they should, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're a young and relatively new team, but uh, you know, good to see uh, people back in the garden, in the media there, and you know, the season's starting to feel a little bit more like normal, which I'm, I'm sure we all are looking forward to.
0: I definitely want to talk to you about that because as you mentioned, you do have such a young team and you know, you essentially have to replace the starting five from last year uh, with those guys looking for bigger aspirations, going to the NBA, obviously, with the transfer of Christian, you recruit arguably the best recruiting class in Jay's history. How tough has it been? I feel like you're probably doing a lot more teaching now because like you have to make sure that those guys get into the free of the things that you want them to get accomplished. how, tough or how challenging has it been to get those new guys implemented into the system the way that you want them to be?
1: Well, you know, Jay, you you played for me for four years, so you kind of know how the practices go. You know, there's certain things Mm -hmm. I'd like to get accomplished by the end of week one and certain things by week two, by week three, by week four, just to make sure that, you know, you're checking all the boxes and you're not forgetting everything. Um, and while you, when you become a veteran player, some of that stuff gets monotonous, obviously, you know, here we go again, we got to do this drill again. Uh, <laughs> but we, we've had to back up and go a little bit slower this year. Um, uh, you know, just to make sure these guys are catching on and, and really probably simplifying things a little bit more because, you know, besides the, the five freshmen and then, you know, Rati and Modestus <laughs> coming off the injury. So they only practiced a week last year. Um, and then you've got Ryan Hawkins and Keyshawn Fizel who are new as well. So, you know, that's nine of the 12 scholarship players that haven't been in your program before. So we have to go slow and, and, you know, the reality of it is except for Sharif and he's been in and out with injuries most of the, uh, of camp so far, you've got, you got Ryan Kalkner who played one year and, and Alex O'Connell, who's been here, been here one year, that's played a half a half a season, so you mm-hmm. don't have those guys standing in line during the drills, helping those younger guys on the sideline. I know you remembered some of those guys doing that for you when you were young, and then certainly you did it your sophomore, junior, senior season to help those freshmen along. We've had to do a lot of that as a coaching staff, uh, mm-hmm. so we've just moved a little bit slower than we have in the past.
0: You lose some of the leadership from last year with Mitch Balick being gone. Obviously, the guys. That- Uh, One of the guys that they really looked up to, uh, Zagorowski being gone, DJ being that leader on the floor. I'm wondering where is that leadership coming from? Where have you seen it in practice? Who's the guy that you kind of are leaning on right now to get the guys going and really stand in front of as a leader?
1: Well, I think, Jay, it's going to be leadership by committee for a while. Um, You know, I was hoping it was going to be Sharif. Uh, Unfortunately, he had the stress fracture in the summertime, so he was in a boot. (laughs) We get him back to practice and, now he's fighting another injury that may keep him out a few weeks. Uh, so he's been on the sideline rehabbing a little. And it's, it's, while you can lead to an, a certain extent from the sideline, you kind of need to be out there and in the mix to really do it as well as you want to do it. So yeah. uh, I think Sharif will be that guy in time. I think Alex O'Connell's got to lead in his own way. Ryan Kochbrenner, even though he's, he's kind of quiet and laid back, is going to have to emerge in that role and then I think of the new guys, you know, Keyshawn's got an unbelievable work ethic and he brings it every day. But Ryan Hawkins, uh, he reminds me of you in practice, like he never shuts up. So whether he's, <laughs> whether he's in the drill, on the sideline in the drill, he's encouraging his teammates. And, and, and that's a compliment, Jay. I, I remember I told the team this year, I said, uh, the first practice after you graduated that next year, I was like, something's wrong, something's missing. What, what's different about practice? And the difference was you weren't there. Uh, your voice and your energy and your enthusiasm that you brought to practice every single day for four years, w- there was a void there. And, and Ryan brings that same kind of energy to practice. And I think he's going to, even though he's just going to be here one year, uh, I think the fact that he's won three national championships at the Division II level and has really been an accomplished player at that level, I think that's going to allow him to really help us lead this young group.
0: So finally, after, gra- after I left, after graduation, you finally have a Canadian on the squad. And as a Canadian, I'm very much excited to see what Ryan Nemhart can bring to the table. But not only, uh, not only did he have a chance to represent Canada this summer, but Ryan Calderon got a chance to represent Team USA and Arthur Kaluma got a chance to represent Uganda, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, those guys weren't able to be on campus and really kind of get you know, that kickstart that you get in the summertime with the team, but they also play some meaningful basketball. Uh, has it been a little bit challenging to get those guys to like get away from those habits with their national teams and and to come into you know the Jays program do things you know obviously the Jays way?
1: Well, this Canadian can actually play, so I'm really excited <laughs> to have a Canadian that you know that's. I guess I walked right into <laughs> well, that
0: one, didn't no. I? Yeah,
1: you set that up too good, pal. You know how I feel <laughs> about you, but I could I couldn't miss that opportunity. I but, know. Uh, no, and you know this it was a terrific experience for you know Arthur went twice. He went in July, uh, and then they qualified for the the Afro Basket uh, tournament. And then he was there late August into September and advanced farther than the Uganda team had ever advanced and had the opportunity to play with his older brother. His mom, uh, you know, was over in Africa to watch the tournament. And then uh, I talked to his mom afterwards. I saw her in person in Arizona. Um, She went to Uganda after the tournament to visit some family and friends that she hadn't seen for 23 years. So it was really a neat experience for their family. And then, you know, Ryan Nemhart winning the silver medal with Canada, Brian Kalkbrenner winning the gold medal with the United States. I, I just think what that does for you from a confidence standpoint, you know, to have to put the work in to prepare yourself for their training camp and then for the, for the tournament, uh, I think prepares you at a different level for the season than the rest of the guys because you really have to get your mindset right Uh, for for some pretty high-level basketball. So, you know, we'd love to have our guys involved in that. Uh, We'd never not allow them to go and represent their country, and I think it was a a great experience for all three.
0: I want to talk about Carl specifically because I've always said that what he experienced against Gonzaga specifically last year in the tournament was only going to help him get better. Uh, I got a chance to watch a couple of those games. When he played for Team USA, and he looked really good. How good does he look in practice right now? Because he's going to be one of those guys that I'm assuming you're going to lean on a lot, especially early on in the year while everybody gets, you know, acclimated with each other, correct?
1: Yeah, Ryan has made good strides. Uh, I'm pleased with where (laughs) he's at. And I probably unfairly want him to even be farther ahead uh, because he is one of the returning guys. But I have to remind myself, you know, the dude played 13 minutes a game as a freshman. So it's not this crazy experience like uh, he 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 he's definitely taken a step forward and what's exciting I think for me and for our fans is there's a lot of room yet to grow he's not close Mm -hmm. to reaching his potential both physically and what he's able to do on the court so um, you know we're excited about him it's been tough for him and Keyshawn in practice because they're really the only two big so I've they mm-hmm. kind of go against each other, and they're there the whole. They're on the floor the whole time, and as you know, the way we play, bigs are running rim to rim every time. We don't have it easy like you guards, where we just go three <laughs> point line to three point line. Uh, so we're we're really wearing those those guys out, and I think you'll you'll see us in practice over the course of the next week start to put those two on the same team so they get accustomed to like all right, I'm going to play for three three and a half minutes. I'm going to leave it all out there. And then the other guy's coming in, he's going to give me a blow and I'm going to go as hard as I can. Uh, Cause right now they've, they probably both had to pace themselves a little because of what I'm asking him to do in practice. But I've, I've been really pleased with Ryan and, and really excited about the his future as a, in a blue Jay uniform.
0: I remember when, and I don't want to make too many comparisons, but I remember when Doug came back from playing with team USA, he had added, a couple of different moves to his arsenal that really obviously helped him out during the, during the rest of his career. He had that, that little fadeaway dirt shot. Is there anything new that you've seen Ryan kind of stuff that he's been working on in the summer that, you know, he's going to be able to apply in game situations?
1: Yeah, we we've worked on his perimeter shot and I think it's better, you know, is he ready to, for a, for a steady diet of shooting three point shots and 17 foot jumpers? Probably not, but he's in a better, much better place than he was a year ago. And the thing that, uh, that, that, coach Dixon asked him to do with the USA team, Jay, was that they switched some ball screens. And, you know, I was probably pleasantly surprised with Ryan's ability to kind of keep a guy in front and make him take a challenge shot not get beat on an angle to the rim where he's playing catch up. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that gives us a little bit more flexibility to maybe switch some of those screens with him that maybe I was, you know, hesitant to do in the past. So, He's made really good strides, and, and anybody that knows him is just a great kid. If anything, he's too nice, and I'm trying to get him to maybe get a little bit more of a mean streak. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's he's going to be a very important player in our program moving forward.
0: Before we move, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now the time because they're offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With football season kicking off, get in on the the action by going to BetRivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. You must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You also added two new coaches to the coaching staff, coach Courtney Williams, coach Miller. I had a chance, like I mentioned in the open, uh, to kind of see them work in the summertime. And I've been very impressed with the way that they're able to teach the game, obviously at, at that level. Uh, what were some of the reasons why you were so intrigued obviously to bring them onto the staff and how are they going to help you moving forward?
1: Yeah. I mean, losing staff. is it's, uh, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it stinks to lose that continuity, but at the same time, it's a blessing to have some new ideas uh, that come to your program and maybe challenge some of the things that we've been doing in the past, that the reason we do them is because that's the way we've always done it. And, and I've, as I've grown in the profession and gotten older uh, you know, it's not as much about my way as it is about the best way. And, and listening to ideas that they've had from places they've coached and from their playing career has been very valuable to me. And to your point, both great teachers of the game Uh, both approach the game with a lot of enthusiasm and, you know, Jalen's he's your age, you know, so to have, have someone young with that energy uh, a little closer to the guy's age has been really valuable, I think, for our players. Um, And they both done a a super job in recruiting and um, you know, our guys seem to love them and and they have a lot to the basketball standpoint as well. But I mean, if you think about it, Jay, when, when we built that practice facility, if you remember, uh, we put "Let It Fly" on on the uh, on the window shades, and when we wanted to do that, we wanted to start using it on some of our clothing. We did some research, and the the phrase "Let It Fly" is patented, and it's patented right. by Mike Miller. Miller. And, yeah, and I do remember that. Get permission to use it, and now mm-hmm. you fast forward eight years later. His son's a freshman on the team, and his brother's one of our coaches. You know, it's just really small world stuff. Uh, But uh, obviously the the Miller family is going to be really important to our program because Ryan's done a terrific job and Mason's got a bright future ahead.
0: The last two or three years, you've led the program to some of the new heights, you know, winning a share of the Big East uh, championship pre-COVID. Obviously, you go through that whole thing where you guys get pulled off the floor at Madison Square Garden. Uh, You lead the team to Sweet 16. Have you had a chance to like sit back and kind of reflect and be like, That was some good times, even though obviously I know your work ethic, I know you want to keep pushing and and trying to do bigger and better things. But have you had a chance to really like take a deep breath and be like, you know what, like the last two, three years were really special. I need to start cherishing moments like that.
1: Yeah. You know, thinking back to the to the biggest championship team and the team that didn't get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament, that that's just there's such a bad taste in my mouth about unfinished business with that group. Um, so it's been hard to celebrate it. Like it deserved to be celebrated, uh, Mm -hmm. because COVID shut everything down. Everybody went home. We were never together again. Uh, so it was, it was really, really strange, but it's an incredible accomplishment. And you know, that, that night in our arena certainly rivaled the Providence game, your guys, senior year, your last home game. Um, it, the, the the vibe and the feel in the building were very much the same and why why i think everybody every one of our fans that was at those two games remembers exactly why where they were sitting uh when doug scored three thousand exactly where they were sitting when you know when when the we are the champions started playing at the end of that game um it's really really cool stuff and then you know last year's sweet 16 team i'm really proud of because it was a it was a challenging year with COVID, uh, not having having that kind of success and not having your family be there to be part of it uh, and being able to go celebrate with your family after the first NCAA win or the second win or uh, that that was challenging on the guys. But they they stuck together and uh, and continue to push forward. And I couldn't be more proud of you know what they accomplished. And, you know, now four of them are on to their professional careers. And Christian, you know, moved on to Texas. But it, it's a group that I'll never forget.
0: As a player myself, anytime like the schedule came out, there was always a couple of games that I would look at and be like, man, I can't wait for that game. Do you have that kind of feeling as a coach as well? Like there's a couple of games on the schedule that you pinpoint, like we better not lose this freaking game.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a couple that scare the heck out of me this year because of how young we are. You know, one, I was playing Nebraska that early. Uh, Mm -hmm. I would much rather have another month uh, to prepare for a game like that You know, it's going to be really our, you know, our first time in front of a crowd. Uh, You know, all of our freshmen, Ryan Kalkbretter never played in front of a crowd at the college level. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be brand new for them. And, you know, that'll be a challenge. I think the trip to St. Thomas will be really good for us from a team bonding standpoint. I think you remember some of those trips and how important those are uh, as you move forward as a team from a unity standpoint. Uh, And then we got, you know, a tough couple games in December with Iowa State coming to our place. Uh, They're rebuilding as well. Did it with a lot of transfers. TJ was my former assistant coach, one of my best friends. Uh, So a lot of emotions with that game. And then, you know, the week from hell with, you know, BYU up in uh, Sioux Falls and then uh, Arizona State on a Tuesday. And then open the Big East, the first Big East game of the season with Villanova, who will likely be top five in the country at the time. So. There's some uh, there's some challenging games and uh, you know but you know those are those are why you play the game right you know you want to play the best and find out where you're at as a team and the things we have to work on as we move into the Big East portion of our se-
0: season. I know this is going to be you know obviously next year, but I remember the invitations that we used to get for like a Thanksgiving tournament per se was like yeah. Vegas, right. like Anaheim. Now we're in the Maui Invitational. How did that come to be? What were some of the background things that were happening for that to happen? And obviously, how excited for you? I know it's it's way down the line, and there's going to be plenty of action in between that. But how excited are you that, you know, the school, the program is looked at in that light to be invited to such a prestigious tournament?
1: Well, first of all, I'm going to knock on wood. You know, they canceled it again this year and moved it stateside. So I hope by that mm-hmm. time we're up and running. Yeah. It's great for our program. I know a lot of our fans are planning to attend. Um, and it's something that we've been in conversations with f- for several years, but you're exactly right. As we take a step back and we think about, you know, staying in that cheap hotel in the Bahamas on our summer <laughs> trip, uh, to play in the Maui Invitational, you know, there's, those are, those are two very different ends of the spectrum. Uh, yeah. what was that? What club Rio, what was the name of that place you guys went oh, to? Oh, club
0: hurricane, baby. Club, Hur- club hurricane.
1: <laughs> so, uh. You know, we're going from Club Hurricane to, to yeah. Maui, which is a pretty good trade off. And, uh, uh, you know, it's a great field. It'll be a great challenge. And I think by, by that time, our team uh, and our program will have grown a little bit, uh, matured a little bit, and, and we'll be ready for something like that. Because uh, this young group, Jay, they're, they're about all the right stuff. Uh, their work ethic, their attitude, their appreciation for one another, the way they celebrate each other. Uh, it's really been enjoyable to be around. Now we haven't played a game yet, so nobody has anything to complain about. Uh, but you know, the I just love their approach to practice and uh, their willingness to get in the gym on their own. They want to watch film, they want to learn, they want to grow, and um, those are that's usually a recipe for success in the, in the long term.
0: Omaha got hit with some pretty nasty weather this summer, and they did a number on the practice floor. Uh, how? Much of a pain was it to try to just figure out on the fly, obviously, where you could practice at different locations on campus. I think uh, Coach Lou was talking that you guys had to go to CenturyLink or Sci Health Center, sorry, yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of times. Uh, kind of explain that process and, you know, some of the things that you had to do in order to maintain a, a daily practice schedule during that time.
1: Well, the good news out of the whole thing is we got a brand new floor and it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, it opened. We got back in there the first day of practice. Uh, as you can imagine, Steve Brace was on those contractors and those people working down there, to get that. <laughs> and 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 you know, just to probably get him to be quiet, they got it finished on time. Uh, right. So good to be back in there. But you know, we're we're fortunate at Creighton. Uh, you know, we have the Ruth right across the street with two courts. We've got DJ uh, Sokol Arena, um, you know, right right next door. And then the people at, at the arena were kind enough to set up our court uh, in the convention center. So we had an option there if something didn't work out and, you know, volleyball and women's basketball work with us to try to make all that work. Uh, so we, we did not, you know, there wasn't a day we were unable to practice because we couldn't find a facility and the guys had to be a little bit more, they had to be a little more organized with their individual workouts. They want to go shoot on their own at times Mm -hmm. in volleyball or women's basketball wasn't in there, but we made it work. And, uh, You know, I think we're in a good spot and we got a beautiful new floor and, and, you know, and a great facility and your picture's still there. I've been trying to get that mural changed and get you out of there, but they just won't let me do it.
0: I think it's seven years straight, if I'm not mistaken, correct?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You just just can't get rid of me. I mean, you're going to start coming back with gray hairs and that beard and and, uh, your photo is still going to be up there.
0: Look, I, it's already been up there much longer than I anticipated. So <laughs> whenever you're ready to make that change, that's fine by me. Trust me. I'm not holding you guys back. I just I just love working out in there when I get there in the summertime and see my big old face up there.
1: But it's a it's a great photo because that's kind of the group I think that that really was able to put our culture into place. And that culture has since been passed on from sophomore or from senior class to junior to freshman to sophomore for you know seven eight years now and Mm -hmm. and you know that that group is the one that kind of all got it started and certainly some of those seniors that you played with that you know didn't get to 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 achieve an NCAA tournament uh, when they played for me you know Kenny and Daryl and Wayne and Caleb and Casey you know, all those guys, uh, the sacrifices they've made, you know, really helped lay the groundwork for you guys to do what you were able to do. Um, and then you guys did it the right way and, and we able to get us off to a great start in the big East. And, and since then we've been able to keep it rolling, but it doesn't happen without the start that we had, And, you know, that, a lot of that credit goes to to you and Doug and Grant and Ethan and the rest of, of your teammates for getting the ball rolling in the right direction and really setting the tone for what Creighton was going to be about in the big East. And fortunately we've been able to carry that flag and do it, do it uh, proudly and, and, and continue to have some success along the way.
0: You've done a really good job of manufacturing pros, you know, coming out of the program. Some of those guys are in the NBA. Some of those guys are just like myself playing overseas and, you know, a number of different countries around the world. What is it about, I guess what you've been teaching us maybe, or, you know, the, the style of play that you've, uh, helped us accommodate to that has turned out so many pros year in, year out?
1: Well, I think the first thing you do is you recruit good players to begin with, you know, Mm -hmm. so you have a great product to work with and start to help develop and mold. And then, you know, I'd like to think that our system and our style of play with a lot of ball screens and utilizing spacing uh, and understanding how to make those reads really translates both to the European game and and into the professional game stateside. So, um, you know, it's allowed you guys to, you know, most of you have gone over there and, and you, some of you may in your case started at a lower level and you've worked your way up and, and I'm not surprised at that. Uh, so, you know, but it's, uh, we get an email. There's a company that, or a website that puts out an email of all your former players every week and how they're doing, uh, that I get sent to me. And it, it's always fun to watch, to see, you know, most of you, I follow on social media. So I know it already. But to see it all on one page, you know whether it's Kenny or Gregory or 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 you or you know Justin Carter who didn't play for me that's still over there doing well, uh, you know Ju- Justin and Kyrie and Doug and and you know everybody else that's still giving it a go, Maurice, Marcus Foster. So it's been um, it's fun to watch, and you watch kind of as like a proud father as you guys go on and <laughs> and uh, you know have success with your own careers.
0: I mentioned in the open that you're second in crane all-time wins, just behind Dana Altman, obviously. Do you ever kind of look at his record and kind of look at yours and you know, tell yourself that you have a couple of years to just catch up to him? Is that a, a goal of yours to catch up to him and, and be that number one guy as far as Korean wins is concerned?
1: That that doesn't really motivate me. I mean, had you defended a little bit better earlier in your career, oh we might be ready. <laughs> but uh you know, obviously Coach Altman did an unbelievable job with this program mm-hmm. and left things in a in a really good spot when we came in and took over. Uh, so, but that's, you know, I'm more into the what happens this season and and trying to trying to get the most and reach the potential, uh, help this team reach its particular potential because every team's a little bit different. Um, and if, if you just continue to do that, kind of live in the moment, worry about the day, you know, those things have a tendency to take care of themselves and, And also, you know, Jay, let's be honest, if you're going to have a lot of wins and you're going to be on those all time wins list, you're usually old. And I certainly uh, I'm certainly fitting into that mold a little bit more every day.
0: All right. Before I let you go, a couple of questions that I ask everyone. I know you play that you and I. So you're a Valley guy. I play most of my career in the Valley. So I have to ask you your favorite arena to play on the road in the Valley.
1: Uh, I mean, I would probably say, I would have to say Wichita state just because it was so much fun to win there. Uh, yep. <laughs> was my favorite place, but, uh, I enjoyed winning at Wichita state, uh, more than any other place. Cause that was such a great rivalry and, you know, coach Marshall did a great job during his time there and, and had, tough physical teams and it you just felt good when you came out of there with a win because you had a very rabid fan base that really understood the game and you had a very well coached team that tried to knock your head off and when you could leave that arena with a win you felt pretty good
0: those fans are still there i got a chance to experience it a little bit yeah yeah i
1: saw i saw i saw some of i was able to watch some of that that was fun to watch you guys play
0: favorite place to eat in
1: omaha Ooh,
0: ooh, putting you on the spot. I know
1: <laughs> Yeah, you got to, you got to separate that by food groups, Jay. Come on, man. You know, uh, all right. You know. steak
0: place then. I think I know the answer to that. How well do I know you? Is it Drover?
1: It would be Drover and, and Mahogany's mm-hmm. are the two, but there's so many other good ones too. You know, 801 eight hundred one Chop House, and Sullivan's downtown and the, the Jay Gilbert Steakhouse. You know, there's a bunch of good ones uh, that you can't go wrong. What is a
0: favorite coaching memory of yours so far?
1: Uh, you know, I, I would probably say the favorite one was the first NCAA tournament when you guys were sophomores. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, being able to experience that with Doug, having have Doug tag along with me when he's in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grade going to NCAA tournament games. And then actually to be on that stage with your own son and with the group that that he was surrounded by. um, That's probably the one that sticks out in my mind the most. That one was pretty special. And that was the first of quite a few NCAA tournament games we played in since.
0: Uh, Last question, I don't ask this to everyone, but it's specifically related to you. Do you still do the one dunk a year?
1: (laughs) I quit that at age 50, Jay. That was the last one. It may or may not have been with a women's basketball. We're, that's we're, fine. That's we haven't fine. that yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you were there when Coach Lou tore his Achilles by just oh, basically yeah. <laughs> helping Doug with a charge drill going about, not even half speed, maybe 20% of what he's got in his tank, and he tore his Achilles. Right. And that, that's that got me a little gun shy, uh, <laughs> watching somebody like that have to be in a cast for nine months. That slowed, slowed me down a little bit. I remember the one that you did at
0: St. Louis before the Missouri Valley tournament uh, in our, I forgot which college that we went to go practice to, but I remember that was the most hype that you were after <laughs> because I felt like you saw, you know, the, the time going down the window of opportunity
1: shutting down when it came to doing that one dunk year. Am I right? <laughs> it wasn't quite as easy as it used to be. Not that it was ever easy for me, you know that, but uh, I know. You know, Doug got that athletic ability from somewhere. It had to be from his dad, right? I guess so. Somebody had to
0: pass it down, one generation. (laughs) Coach Mack, I appreciate you so much for taking the time out to step into the J with me. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to you, pleasure to see you. I can't wait to be back in Omaha. And obviously, I can't wait to stay up until four or five o'clock in the morning watching you coach on the sidelines.
1: Well, we appreciate that you guys do that. And uh, always great to catch up with you and stay in touch. I love you, pal.
0: Absolutely love you, brother.